1: Visit TherapyNotes.com to get two free months of Therapy Notes by just using the promo code CEU when you sign up for a free trial at TherapyNotes.com. I'd like to welcome everybody today to this presentation. We're going to be talking with Dr. Lindsay Wisner about 10 Steps to Finding Happy. This is her new book, which will be released on March 20th of 2020 in accordance with the United Nations International Day of Happiness. Dr. Weisner is a clinical psychologist in Long Island, New York. She graduated from Georgetown University in 1999 and was awarded the Fellowship in Child Development at the National Institute of Health. She received her doctorate from C W and went on to pursue postdoctorate training at the American Institute of Psychoanalysis. Dr. Weisner is currently the host of Neurotic Nourishment Podcast and the co-author of 10 Steps to Finding Happy. So welcome, Dr. Weisner.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm very excited.
1: So why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about you and why you decided to write this particular book? Sure. Um,
0: I have actually never read a self-help book in my life. Uh, and I... I have wanted to be a fiction writer forever. Uh, in 2014, I won a contest in Cosmopolitan Magazine for the, um, their first and last fiction uh, awarded fiction writer contest of the year. And it was supposed to be done annually. I, I guess I just broke the mold and no one could beat it. But uh, from, <laughs> you know, from this, I got a um, an agent, a fiction agent, and then I to try to establish a media presence. And through Twitter, I actually met uh, another writer, Celene Castrovia, and not only did she live 10 minutes away from my house, but uh, my son and her niece also go to school. And so it was a full of coincidences, and we've been uh, writing and workshopping together for about five, six years now. And over the two summers ago, I had thrown out my back attempting surf. Um, oh gosh. Yes, I know. And on one hand, a 42-year-old woman should not first serve, especially one who has a history of back problems. But on the other hand, spoiler alert, one of the steps to finding happy it helps your neurotransmitters fire differently and your synapses get all excited. And so it's good. But uh, throwing out your back is not good. And I was bed bound. And Selene reached out to me and said, uh, "Can you take a look at my self-help book. And I realized as I was reading it that although she didn't realize it, Everything, all of her 10 steps were actually um, based in science, and there's stuff out there that's rattling through my brain, and and I could prove it, and a lot of stuff I had to but I really liked the idea of 10, 10 steps that were easy with concrete actions at the end of the chapter, do without you know, without much effort. And Mm -hmm. I, but I also came up with an idea. I said, let's, let's get other people talking too. So we recruited 24 expert writers into fields who discuss um, either their definition of happiness or how they got through a difficult time or, you know, the steps they take to become happier. And and there's anyone from an art teacher who likes doing art projects with her children and that's a very sweet story, to a mother of twin boys who, by the time she was 30, she had gone through two totally unrelated cancer diagnoses. And uh, as a result of it, it's led to sort of a renewed appreciation of life.
1: Okay. Um, So there is a lot of inspiration in the book that helps people see that happiness is possible, regardless of your circumstances. If you've overcome cancer if you've done these things Um, and that kind of leads into the next uh, question about why happiness is important i mean why don't we just get rid of depression
0: it's a good question well let me ask you a question how do you define happiness
1: well you know that is (laughs) um i define happiness as more than the absence of depression because one of the analogies that i use is a lot of times clients come into my office and they bring a proverbial box Of stuff and done me wrongs and things that are hurting and we work through that box, but we go through and take everything out to eliminate depression, anxiety, trauma, whatever it is. And if we don't fill that box up with anything, then they're looking, they're holding an empty box. the end and we want to have them we want to fill them up and we want to help people fill themselves up even while they may be working to address some other things plus it's difficult to be happy and ruminating on something that makes you miserable at the exact same moment so the more happiness moments incorporate the hopefully overall assessment of our day will better it'll be
0: I agree. I think that's a great definition that could only come from a clinician, so I respect that especially. You know, if I if I could rewind time, I think I would have changed the name of the book to Ten Steps to Finding Happy Er, because uh we are fortunate enough to live in a world where we can expect happiness or notice the absence of it. Whereas much like when your my child turns to me and says, I'm bored, uh, you have, it's a luxury to be bored. It's a luxury to be Uh, happy. Uh, And it's a luxury to have the time to notice being unhappy. Unhappy being different than like a clinical depression. So I think happiness is important because I think much like uh, much like love and marriage and relationships, I think it's a decision you have to make every day to decide to be happy. And in fact, step number one is choose happiness. And it's not an easy thing. And I don't know if it's supposed to be. Um, You know, cavemen weren't going around going, how can I be happy? Or fighting, you know, they were fighting off dinosaurs and I don't know, raping and pillaging and other things, you know, (laughs) for survival. And now we have Trader Joe's and, you know, uh, dry cleaners. And so we have more time to think about how we feel And, you know, I I think that's great, but I also think uh, we need to work harder rather than just thinking about it, if that makes sense.
1: Sure. I mean, we can, the whole phrase ready, willing, and able, we can Mm. be ready to be happy and we can be willing to be happy, but we need to actually take that step. Um, And it sounds like the book gives you the ability. It gives you the skills that you need to actually start on your journey toward being happy. For the people who are listening or watching who are experiencing anxiety or depression or they're overwhelmed or they're stressed and they're like, I just can't even imagine being happy. How can this book help them start finding a path toward happiness? So it's
0: a really good question. And I do try to make a point of throughout the book, um, you know, putting all these disclaimers of like, this is, you know, if you are clinically depressed or if you are feeling suicidal, if you're, you're truly suffering, like this book can, this book is not the cure. This book is how the average person can get a little happier. But also there are things in this book that even if you are clinically depressed or severely anxious will help, Um, I don't know if you're familiar with HALT, the acronym HALT.
1: Mm -hmm. Hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Exactly.
0: And so it started, of course, with um, a a substance abuse population and a way to help not relapse because when you felt the urge to abuse, you were asked to check those Mm -hmm. four things. So I used to work a lot with anxious adults and I on a whim I introduced it. I'm not the first one, but like I was, it wasn't a conscious like, Oh, I read this. I was like, well, let's see if this works. So we started using it in that way. Uh, you know, go through hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And sometimes that could be the answer. Your blood sugar is low. You're dehydrated. You know? Um, I also have a suicidal patient who reached out to me a few days ago and he was very agitated. Um, I text with my patients, suicidal ones because it allows for, um, an, uh, less loneliness, I think. And also, you know, so he was very agitated. He was at work and things were awful. And, uh, we went back and forth a bit. I established that he was not going to Mm -hmm. hurt himself then, but that he was in a horrible state. And so I told him I would check in on him at the end of the day. And in fact I did, and he was fine. And I said, what changed, you know? And he said, I took a nap. (laughs) Okay. Okay so it 's not a cure it 's not a you know it 's not an all or none, but sometimes we have to go back to the basics and I think this book offers some reminders of those basics, whether it be hungry, angry, lonely, tired, or try new things because the brain was not meant to be stagnant
1: exactly and you know it 's kind of funny um, how some theories overlap over time, and you know obviously there 's a nugget of research that they're based on, but even thinking of Linehan's vulnerabilities, yep. um, you know, it really goes back or Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you're not going to have somebody who's really able to focus on developing self-esteem if they are hungry, in pain, homeless, and not sleeping. You know, oh. we need to help them get healthy so their body uh, can function the way it's supposed to to normalize those neurotransmitters and that HPA axis and everything. And it sounds like some of the things that you suggest in the book um, are targeted toward regulating the HPA axis and helping people also notice some of the the more pleasant things. And in one of the classes that I did, oh golly, I guess it's been a couple of months now, um, there was some research that indicated that we tend to encode five times more stimuli in negative situations or when we're in a negative mood state than we do when we're in positive situations. So it's sort of a five to one. If something bad happens, a lot of times you need to notice five positive things to kind of balance out for the emotional valence. Of both of them
0: which is interesting uh, by the way i think you and i could totally dork out together for hours over yeah. this reason. Oh, over like there's all this stuff that you know venn diagrammy stuff um but in uh in parent training because my husband is a psychologist he does a lot of parent training of course there's that five to one ratio you're looking for with five positives for everyone negative so once again we've got this overflow in uh you know um, in theories and in I don't know. Maybe we found the truth when we see it more than once. Who knows?
1: <laughs> that that could be true. Um, but I think I've gotten you a little bit away from 10 steps to finding happy, a guide to permanent satisfaction. And I like the word that you use satisfaction there. It's not permanent happiness. We're yeah. not going to be gleeful every day, but it is having satisfaction in our lives and being able to, you know, wake up in the morning and hopefully. Look forward to the day. You know, there are some days that it's it's a little harder than others, but, you know, we do are able to find something during the day that we can look forward to.
0: Well, we can only find it if we look, you know, and on a day that's harder than others. I think that's when you have to um, make a point to, you know uh, find, find your happy people or schedule something fun or, um, go out in the sun, get some endorphins by exercise. Like you, if it's going to be a tough day, find a way to make it better and make that choice.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So this book is actually available for pre-sale on Amazon and the link is in the video notes below. And, um, in the, If you're listening to it as a podcast, it's also in the podcast notes. It will, uh, again, be officially released on March 20th of 2020 in accordance with the United Nations International Day of Happiness. Thank you for being with me, Dr. Wisner. Thank you. If this podcast helps you help your clients or yourself, please support us by purchasing your CEUs at allceus.com or getting your agency to sponsor an episode.